Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Do Business Better podcast. It's me, your host, Damian Mason, but you already knew that because you heard it in the introduction. Coming to you, as we always do, via audio, wherever you get your podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, but also as a video. And I'm going to be upgrading the equipment here by end of 2020 to make your visual experience even better. But if you have not been watching, just listening, please go to my YouTube channel. It's D Mason Comedy, or just go to YouTube and type in Damian Mason. I have two playlists. One is the Business of Agriculture podcast. The other is the Do Business Better podcast. Got a great show for you today. You're going to learn something from a guy that's been out here whacking it himself as a sole proprietor, self-employed, small biz guy for over 15 years. His name is Joel Buzzard. Joel has been a customer of mine, bought beef off of me, and I've been a customer of his because I've hired him to do some real estate appraisal work. So I said, Joel, why don't you sit down and talk to us here in the offices and slash studio of Executive Entertainment, Daily Rosa Farms, Milk Forward LLC, and Boy on a Bike Publishing. Here he is. He's Joel Buzzard. He's got three businesses himself. He's the Hoosier Real Estate Group owner. He has a real estate school where he teaches people how to become realtors, and he also does appraisal work. Joel Buzzard, welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. Thank you very much, Damien. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Now, answer me this. Uh, you and I were kicking around in a different locale back about uh, 2003, 4, 5, as I recall, and you said, I'm going to go become a realtor. And I said, oh, really? Uh that was when you were about mid twenties. Yes. Okay. Take yes. Me from there. So, I'll go back a little further. I went to Indiana University, majored in accounting and finance from the vaunted Kelly School of Business in Bloomington. Enjoyed my time there thoroughly. However, upon graduation, I didn't really feel like I wanted to be an accountant and I didn't really want to work in a bank. Now, I do a lot of business with banks, have good friends in the banking business. It's no knock on them. I just wanted a little more flexibility. So um, upon graduation, I, I philandered about and, and found myself as a uh, uh, I, I took out the trash, cleared drinks at a lovely place called Kilroy Sports Bar, Bloomington, Indiana. Um, worked myself up from there in a, in a course of a short while from from checking IDs, taking out the trash to a manager. And that was a family run business. Had had a little um, I grew up in family run businesses, family run real estate businesses. My mom owned a bar and grill as family run business. So I found myself in a family run business. Uh, did that for a while. Decided that it was time for me to uh, leave Bloomington. And, and, and I was I was off to a very exciting and very difficult job of selling liquor to a casino. Um, I was I was in the process of waiting on that job to open. And in the meantime, I, I came back to Fort Wayne. I thought my grandfather had a real estate school. And I thought, I think I'll give this real estate school a shot and see see what I can do with being a realtor in the meantime. So 2003, I got my real estate salesperson's license. 2004, I got my real estate broker's license. 2004, I got my real estate instructor's license. 2004, I got my appraisal trainee's license. 2006, I got my licensed residential appraiser's license. 2008, I got my certified residential appraiser's license. Spin that to today. I own three companies. I own Troyer Real Estate School. I'm an instructor of pre-licensing, post-licensing, and continuing education in the real estate world. I have a appraisal company, J. Buzzer & Company Appraisals, that I do um, certified 
certified appraisals for banks, attorneys, lenders, that kind of that nature in the lending game. And then I have I'm the owner and president of Hoosier Real Estate Group, which is a full service real estate company located in northeast Indiana. Big story, good story. And uh, so 2003, four is when you kind of started uh, dabbling in the real estate thing. Yes. 17 years. All right. So you've been a sole proprietor. You've been running your own business. Uh, thing that you've learned after 17 years that you didn't, uh, you were too cocky to think that you uh, already knew when you were 25 years old. <laughs> I've learned a lot. Um, one thing that I will, that I kind of hang my hat on, a couple things. Um, first of all, my grandfather said long ago, and it's ingrained into me, if you don't have any problems, you don't have any business. So yeah, I've learned with with problems, um, you, you have to embrace it. You have to change you have to, this world's not easy, especially the world that we're in right now. I mean, I ran three companies, all three companies in this pandemic era responded differently. So, you know, if you don't have any problems, you don't have any business. And and I firmly believe in what I've learned in the last 17 years is that you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Nothing stays the same. And if you do what you did yesterday, um, you're going to get what you've got yesterday. And so you have to constantly evolve, constantly change, constantly look at what you're doing, evaluate what you're doing and to be able to adapt to this ever changing world. So I don't believe that in any level, in any one of my businesses that I can just sit and stay the same. So business uh, went really, really well with appraisal work because uh, folks decided to refi. Is that what? And then then, uh, the actual, Yes. Uh, school probably went to crap. Yep. School stopped. Appraisal business. Now, uh, full disclosure, my grandfather and I have owned the real estate school and the real estate company, a real estate company together. He retired. He's a just turned 86 years old. He retired. And again, a family run business. So I owned it with him. He retired January 1st. So I shut his real estate company down. I opened my own real estate company. So that's a brand new start. Uh, I'm cheating a little bit on that because I've been in this game yeah. for 2000, since 2006, but kind of a new start there. The real estate school stopped and the appraisal business went absolutely bonkers because interest rates dipped. Speaking of problems, how many employees do you have? Uh, no employees. I've got independent contractors on the real estate side. Uh, my wife and I do the majority of, of Troy Real Estate School and Jay Buzzer and Company Appraisals by ourselves. Yeah. So a long time ago, I remember a person saying that they wanted to uh, they wanted to sell the business they had and then have a business that was the uh, the easy thing. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, we always had business that had like 100 employees. And we said we didn't want to have 100 employees in our next thing. That was our retirement job. Uh, all right. So diversification. Um, you got three different things, and at any given year, one of them's going to be pulling the horse, uh, pulling the wagon more than the others. Uh, is that is that one reason that you've been successful? Yeah, yeah, diversification for sure. So the ability to the ability to, to I always I always liken it to crossing a muddy mud puddle. And if I've got three sheets of wood, I can get across easier than you can with your one sheet. So that's the idea. I mean, that's in a perfect world. Now I am all in real estate, so you know, and, and I've got some in real estate in, investments and some of that stuff too. So I am I am I am front loaded in the real estate game. If real estate ever goes, then shall shall, shall so I. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like uh, I've got a few, I've got a few different things, but. Uh, uh, some of them are vertically, some of them are vertically integrated, or at least all in the same in the same pile, so to speak. So I know what you're talking about. So speaking of which, you said something about you got some investments. I tell young people, like my nieces and nephews, they say, "Hey, you've done okay for yourself and uh, had a self-employed." And I said, "Yeah." Uh, and they said, "What do I need to know?" I said, "Well, work hard, save your money, invest. Uh, don't be afraid to take risks, and then remember the ACR of wealth building." And they say, "What's the ACR?" And I said, "Always charge rent." 
I, I, I bought my first first house I bought. I had a tenant, you know, and I just always had this idea where let's have somebody else that's helped me pay things along. You you got the ACR going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more, I line myself more. And this is funny. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, an oxymoron and with what I do, but I try, I try to be smart with the use of debt. Uh, I am, I am a firm believer in, you know, debt is a wise tool. Debt can be a, debt can be a useful tool. Um, but I see the people that I see, you know, it's the old adage that if you get out of, eight, out of school at 18 years old and you start socking away money, I was doing an appraisal the other day and I came across a, a young man that, is knocking down about 125,000 bucks a year living in his dad's basement. And I looked at him and I said, never leave, never leave, invest, stay out of debt. And he said, well, I'm going to get a boat and I'm going to do this. He started telling me what he's going to do. And I said, absolutely not. I said, I said, just start socking away money, put it, put it in the stock market. And I said, you're going to set yourself so up, uh, up so wisely. If you, if you just stay out of the normal traps and the normal traps are buying the bigger house, keeping up with the Joneses, that kind of stuff. So I, I spend, I spend a good chunk of my time, um, in, in the spring and the fall talking to high school students. That's one of the things I talk to them, is wise use of consumer debt, understanding interest, the time value of money. You know, that's kind of where I hang my hat on all that stuff. So what you're talking about is not like advanced directors. It's not Wall Street stuff. It's pretty <laughs> simplistic stuff, but it still seems like it's simple for you and me. But there's a lot of people, even small business people that might be listening to this podcast. So what's he talking about? Wise use of debt? Wise use of debt? Yeah. For me, it means as low of interest as possible on something that's appreciating. That's yep. also that is also completely manageable, so you're not stressed out uh, and over the barrel. Yep. And again, I you know in the appraisal business, I make my living off of people going into debt. So when I say you know don't don't get into debt, but uh, you know it's just this idea of, of smart debt, wise debt, and and sometimes and and again, like we talked about, you know, you alluded to earlier, as a self-employed person, you're inherently you love risk, and I love risk. Um, you know, I, I I like to think I'm not risk adverse. The older you get, the harder that is to overcome, but. You know, if you're going to take debt, you know, I, I I run into a lot of investors, a lot of young guys that are going to go into real estate and they're going to invest. And their their first move is 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 they pay cash for a house, they flip it, then they keep it, and they turn around and pyramid it and take all the cash out of it and roll it to another one. Well, you know, there's inherent risk in that. There's if instead of just paying for that house in cash, renting it out, do your ACR, bring it back, always charge your rent, get it back, and then cash flow things. Then you know, one thing I've I've learned in this pandemic, and one thing I've seen in my own companies and and other companies as well. If you're sitting well in a good cash position, you can survive things. You know, the people that freaked out initially and, and, and hit the panic button, they were the people that had to make payments. You don't, you know, 100% of the houses that have no loans on them never get foreclosed on. So, you know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that seems really redundant and really, really stupid. But, you know, if you're in a position where you can get yourself paid off, especially personally, if you want to use debt as a business tool, you know, there's, there's, there's many benefits to that. But personally. Okay. Speaking about money and real estate uh, i think it was the millionaire next door but it might have been a different book that i read said there's a there's a, a little bit of a foul maybe it was the rich dad poor dad there's a little bit of a fallacy of saying well i've got this really expensive house it's my asset because uh certain investors say it's only an asset if it's uh if it's providing you income and most sure. people's homes don't provide them income what's your and by the way, it is an asset. Obviously, if you go to the bank and they say, give us a balance sheet, that's going to be your asset. Yep. But there is some uh, 
there's some truth to the way of thinking financially say okay it's an asset but it's not an income generating asset your thoughts yeah i, I mean I, I the people that i deal with and what I, with what i do 90% 95% of the people i come across their biggest investment they'll ever make is their home so obviously it's an asset but if you're talking about you know a, a real estate position taking a position in real estate investing in farmland investing in you know small or smaller large residential income properties that kind of thing it's a, that's a, that's a completely different animal as far as that goes uh all right so what have you learned uh about okay about business you came up around the bar business your mother uh and stepfather owned a bar and restaurant you worked in the bar and restaurant business in college as did i i think there's always lessons first thing i learned that i think waiting tables and, and selling is frankly a lot alike you walk up you introduce yourself and say what can i do to give you a, a good experience that's really what you're doing in sales in many ways. What okay, you're here because you have a problem. You're hungry and or thirsty. Uh, <laughs> what can right. you do? So I always thought that waiting tables was really about the basics of salesmanship from that standpoint. Uh, a couple other things I learned about was um, you don't need to give it away. You know, the bar I worked at was popular. It was crappy. It was just, it's been there forever. So they knew what they sold. They knew what they sold. And I think that's a really important thing for small business, Joel, is know what you, why do people do business with you? They do business with Harry's Chocolate Shop in West Lafayette, Indiana, because of the oldness and the nostalgia. They never ran one special, not one yep. special. Right. They'd put up a thing and say, today's special mushroom soup. It didn't mean a special price. It meant that, that day they <laughs> made mushroom soup. Absolutely. What have you learned? Those are my things. Um, so back to the bar business, one of the several things. I mean, I Linda Prawl that ran Kilroy's Sports Bar was one of the Kilroy's and Kilroy's Sports Bar and a whole, whole bundle of companies. One of the smartest business people I've ever been around. Um, one of the things that I always took from from my time in the bar business was, you know, you're you're selling alcohol to college kids. Not exactly the hardest sell in the world. Right. Um, so you, you show up, you show them a good time, you show them a good experience. But you know, it was this attitude that that not only did we provide a product, not only did we provide an experience, not only did we, did we give them a night out on the town, but now because of the experience in the night that we gave them, we also owe them to get home safely. We also, we, we also owe them. We take, we, we need to take care of you as well. And so it was, you know, and that goes, that's transferred to my business, you know, wholesale is, you know, not only did I do, do this appraisal, then I need to do this appraisal in such a way that when another appraiser comes in here in five years, that they don't look at what I did or look at the number that I did and say, Oh, what a mess. And, you know, leave things better than you found it. Leave things, you know, you create the problem and you create the answer and, and you're responsible for both of that. So, you know, Again, there's so many lessons from the bar business. Again, I've worked around family-run business my entire life. Um, so, and family-run business is hard. You know, it's a hard, it's a hard, hard avenue to pick. But several lessons there. There's a lot of lessons there. In my book, Do Business Better, which is what this podcast is titled, dear <laughs> listener, I talk about how realtors can reinvent themselves because uh, it used to be that you needed. Uh, a realtor, you need a real estate agent because you had no access to any of this information. There was no Zillow, no Trulia, no Red Step or whatever the hell it's called. There was none <laughs> of these things. Uh, most people didn't have computers uh, 25, 30 years ago. Um, now it's changed. And then, of course, there still is the human touch. An old realtor I knew used to say, well, you can't do everything online because you can't smell the, you can't smell the cat pee in the carpet uh, over the internet. <laughs> so there's that. But You've seen it from, um, you know, 15, 17 years ago till today. What's it look like? 
Yeah, I grew up. I grew up. I mean, I my earliest memories are running around my grandfather's office on West Park Drive and his real estate company. So I've not only seen it for the last 15 years, I've been around this for, you know, the last 35, 38 years of my life. One thing that I can see and, and see so clearly is technology is like you just like you alluded to. Technology has taken so much away from us as individuals in the real estate industry. So we talk about technology. You know, I go back to my grandfather's heyday of the mid 80s. There was, you know, I, t- I call it the Gorbachev telephone. There was one telephone line that came in and anyone that wanted to see anything or do anything had to come through that. That's that line, that line. So you would go outside, you, you know, you'd show the house from that line. And nowadays spin this forward. The, the, the consumers know more about the properties than we do. I mean, it's just it's just yeah. the nature of the beast between Zillow, between Realtor.com, between GIS. You show up to show a property. They've seen it. They know. They've seen the pictures. What I provide from them is service, advice. You know, I had a, I had a gal out the other day. We were walking across the street, and she looked at me, and she said, I'm thinking about selling my house for sale by owner. What do you think of that? And I said, realtors charge a big commission. You know, we, we come with a big price. And I said, and do you need a realtor? No, sometimes you don't. But... When things get squirrely, we're worth our weight in gold. Mm-hmm. And so when things get, when you have a home inspection or when you have an appraisal issue or when you have, uh, you know, any kind of lenders issue, any, I mean, anything, anyone, anything goes squirrely, here we are and we've done this and we're experienced in this and we can kind of right the wrong. So, you know, technology has changed so much and it, it's changed so much in the last five years, let alone, you know, you go back to some eighties, nineties, two thousands, man. Uh, yeah, so you, you got the technology, but, uh, what's the, I say there's going to be certain realtors that go away because they still think that no one can live without them walking them around a house. And as you just said, they, uh, the person's already seen the house. They've already, they've already seen it all. So what's the realtor of the future do? I think that you have to be very, very cognizant about that line of thinking. And I think you have to be able to adapt to change. You know, I ask when I teach real estate school, I ask those folks, you know, and these are people that are coming in a pre-licensing class that come in and they know nothing about real estate. And what they realize real quick is whatever they thought they knew about real estate real fast, they understand that they don't know anything about real estate. <laughs> and so one of the things that I tell them is I say, you know, I say, you know, what, what good are we? We know what, what can, if, if you got, if I, if you show up to my house and I've got a $300,000 house, and I'm going to charge 7% commission on it, and that's $21,000. How do you say I'm worth $21,000? Mm-hmm. Especially if the house sells in two days mm-hmm. and all you did was take pictures. How do you justify that $21,000? So I think the realtor of the future has to constantly be aware of their place in the marketplace. Never, ever get too cocky about it because, you know, I look at things like Facebook Marketplace or some of the things that Amazon's doing you know, or some of the things that Facebook is doing. And I think, you know, what's going to preclude Facebook from creating a marketplace that would that would annihilate the, what the, the multiple listing service as it stands if yeah. if facebook would would come up with a way to compensate brokers i mean you're you're looking at a complete game changer and then you have you know legal zoom bob shapiro comes in and, and and makes contracts at people's fingertips so you know our place in this you have to have your hand constantly on the pulse and i think there's a lot of old school realtors a lot of realtors that have been around that have this idea that you know i'll just rely on the national association of realtors and the way things have always been to protect my business and i think you constantly have to evaluate yeah, I think there's no question about that because uh, I think premium. I think, I think uh, the commissions eventually come down because uh, this stuff is now become more streamlined. You know, there's 
there's less markup on cars than there was. Uh, there's there's a lot of that's going on because people are like, okay, um, I, I grabbed these contracts off of this, this, and this. Now, there's also the reality that some of that crap is just crap off the internet, too. Uh, right, right. And and I will say, too, uh, you know, th- with regard to the housing market, you know, no no two pieces of house, no two houses are exactly the same. I mean, you have you have that that idea of uniqueness, and, and things change so much locationally. You know, if I just look at the little county that I live in, you know, it's roughly 12 by 24 miles. I can identify just in this little county that's a very, sti- very typical Midwest county i can identify 12 16 18 different functioning markets so when you start talking about a city like fort wayne or indianapolis or you know dallas texas you're talking about you know hundreds of little markets in there and so to be quantifiable and to and to just rubber stamp it you know i think there always will be a place and like you said you can't smell cat pee through uh, through through zillow until they until they go 4d that's not possible right now uh okay back to you running your little run your your little businesses uh Something that you got right, something that you got right. You say, okay, because like the person listening to this says, man, you know what? That guy's probably done something right. He's kept it going for 15, 16, 17 years. What'd you get right? You know, the thing that I'm so proud of and the thing that that I have been able to do and and, and, and is I've treated people right. Um, I've, I've, I recognized a long time ago, you know, my attitude about life, my attitude about business is that, you know, I would like it if, you know, if you come in contact with me throughout your life and, and you say, you know, a lot of people say he did my appraisal or he sold my house or, or whatever it is. But I try to function with this idea that if you come across me and you say, man, I met Joel Buzzard at some point in time and, and, and I'm better for it. You know, he enriched my life. He enriched, you know, he made, he, he got us our dream home or he, he helped us through you know, a lending process or he got me into real estate and, you know, it changed the course of my life. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, money's great and you got to have money. Money certainly makes things easier. And and I've always looked at money as a byproduct of good business. You know, money, money is the end game. And we spend a lot of time in business looking at the bottom line. But if you can, if you can treat people right. And I think that, you know, I, that's one of the things I, I, I on a daily basis and sometimes moment to moment, try to make sure that, you know, as difficult as a client or difficult of a situation as you find yourself in, if you can just keep treating people right then that pays okay so you gotta do it also you gotta look at it and say what did i do wrong all right what i do right i within a couple of years really really dialed in on understanding what i sold um and uh also worked really really hard at providing experience because it dawned on me that i was in the business back when i started out as a political comedian i was selling an emotion uh the truth is we all are uh, even if you sell a house, you're not selling. You can talk about the rafters and you can talk about the R17 insulation or whatever the hell it is. You know what you're selling? You're selling an emotion. So That's I understood right. that I was selling an emotion. What I get wrong for a while when I started, I thought I was selling jokes. People don't pay for jokes. They pay for experience. They pay for emotion. Mm-hmm. What'd you get wrong? Uh, back. I'll go back to my bar days. You know, I was I was a stereotypical young, young gun. Thought I knew it all. Thought I had it all figured out. And 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 I had a temper and I had anger. And so there were there was some time, you know, and I, I let a lot of emotion play into my daily game. I, I, I you know, I'd go into that bar and, and somebody would do something, you know, they'd, I had a guy with two beer bottles trying to rack him over my head one night and I was so mad and I was holding his hands down and, 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 you know, it, the, one of the gals that managed there looked at me and said, I understand. I understand that's a t- tough situation, but here, you, you know, we put this guy in this situation 
And that's fine. You can be upset. You can be, you, you, your adrenaline can be running, but why are you so mad? Mm-hmm. And I, it took me a long time to learn, you know, with, with marriage, kids, life, you know, I've, I've learned a good dose of patience, but I was so impatient for so long and I expected things to happen. And then if it didn't happen, you know, I'd ride that emotional wave and you realize, you know, you can, you can get as upset or as, as calm as you want to, but you know, you can't change a lot of stuff. So it's learning to, learning to understand that things are going to change, be ready for that change and then be able to take that change kind of in stride and i i work on that i work on that constantly that's probably the best lesson that uh you could have left here on this day so we're gonna leave it at that his name is joel buzzard he's a real estate guy he's a small proprietor he's a small business guy and he just gave you a lot that you can digest and think about as it applies to your business my name is damian mason you know that please go to damianmason.com and also go to my youtube channel and hit subscribe it'll help us get our visibility and levels up if you want to contact joel buzzard how do they find you uh, I am on the web everywhere. Troyerschool.com, um, Hoosier, H-O-O-S-I-E-R-R-E-G. So Hoosier Real Estate Group.com um, and, and all the various social medias, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. So you easily found. There you go. Check them out. Till next time. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Till next time, it's the Do Business Better podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you. Thank you.